Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center. With the man, well, he's part of the community. He knows the community. He's, he's in there talking to the community every day. It's our host, our communicator, our key, com- our community. You like how we work that in? Communicator and community. There we go. John Gutierrez. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everybody, to our community podcast show where our community is your community, powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, John Gutierrez, founder of OC Hospice, and of course, a board member here at the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Today, we have a special guest, Mr. Mike Limon, who's the Executive Director at the Orange County Educational Arts Academy. He's also the Southern Region Chair for the California Hispanic Chambers, and he's the founder of our very own uh, Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Youth Chamber. So let's welcome Mr. Mike Limon. Mike, thank you for being here. Buenas tardes a todos. Thank you for having me. Awesome, awesome. So we will get into some more of what you do at the school and all that great stuff and the education, but we like to do at the beginning with our folks here, um, just get to know you a little bit, right? Who you are, uh, where you grew up, what are some of your hobbies, what do you love? Tell us a little bit about you, Mike. Sure. So I live in Santana now. I've been there for now seven years. I purchased a condo seven years ago. Nice. So I'm pretty happy that I ended up in Santana only because now I work and live in Santana. So that's yes. pretty fantastic. But prior to Santana, I was in uh, Newport Beach actually for a couple years as I was working for a national nonprofit called Mind Research Institute doing education technology work for nine years. And then prior to that, I was at the Hispanic Chamber as a membership manager and then also an unpaid intern in 2008. Wow, those good days of unpaid internship. uh, Good days, (laughs) but like they say, they pay an experience, right? Right? And so, you know, there's a joke in the community that there's chamber babies out there, and I'm one of those chamber babies that got me to where I'm at today doing national work. So I grew up in La Habra, and I was there pretty much my entire life. I went to Sonora High School. Went to Fullerton College, went to Cal State Fullerton, I pursued a business degree. And then prior to La Habra, I was actually born in Mexico, in Jalisco, for those yes, out there. That's my home. That's my dad's hometown, Jalisco. That's, that's fantastic. <laughs> I, I like to go every year. And so we came to La Habra when I was about five years old. I was uh, one of uh, three siblings at the time. I'm now one of five. Wow. Mom and dad are still in La Habra living life out there enjoying life and that's nice. kind of you know what do you enjoy hobby wise like sports like what do you enjoy to do i love to travel mm-hmm. so any you know it's crazy here in california i think we take it for granted but we have so many amazing cities throughout the the state of california soling as an example san luis obispo you're Palm- a foodie though i see you post a lot of good food right you're a foodie <laughs> that's the second hobby i like to eat and so you know we have a lot of fantastic members here with the orange county hispanic chamber that are members of the, the chamber that have fantastic food we aroma is an example of yes. an amazing place. Yeah, Roma. Teresa and Leo. Yes, they take care of us. Uh, <laughs> La Quepaque right? is Placentia. another fantastic yes. one. Uh, there's just a variety of different organizations yes. right, that we partner with here in Orange County that I like to eat because we got to take care of our people. Yes. Because we want their doors to be Food is so much open. part of our cultura, right? Sí, eso sí. Eso, la, la tequila, el mezcal, there's a couple other examples. <laughs> I'm sure you don't right? like those. I'm sure no, you don't like you know, no, just, no, you know, no. just you know, I look at the menu and I just kind of skip them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I noticed that uh, you really do enjoy 
enjoy somewhat being a social media, just showing the community like what's out there, right? Like, it's something. Is that something you really enjoy? The food, the culture. Of course, you're involved in a school that shares a lot of that. But share with us a little bit about the passion for all that. Where'd sure. You, where'd you get that from? So I, I think it actually came from my work with the Hispanic Chamber here locally as a membership manager, right? You know, there's. Uh, organizations, corporate companies, elected officials that all come together to be part of an organization such as the chamber, right? Yes. And people are always asking, how can I help our community? Yes. And from my perspective, where I'm at now, by going out and exploring the, the world around us, whether it's here in the county or across the state of California, something that doesn't cost us anything to showcase the businesses throughout the state or, or the county is to showcase their products, such as yes. the food, right? Yes. Again, it doesn't cost me anything. And then I hear a lot of folks respond like, oh, my God, where's that at? And how was it? And, and so, like, we're opening up the doors to our businesses and showcasing the amazing products that they have passions for producing. Yes. And so that's where that passion comes from. You know, I, yes. I love to eat, like I talked about earlier, and just something so simple to showcase their products to my following base and hopefully that gets people to go in and spend their dollars yes and you mentioned recently when you and i were talking you like to walk from your where you work of course to the downtown area right and i know there's cafe cultura over there there's a couple of restaurants mm -hmm. what restaurants do you would you suggest to our listeners in downtown santa Ana by your school that that you would recommend or that you enjoy yeah so chapter one's a fantastic one it's such an easy uh, accessible uh, menu and super close to where we were at. There's another place that's closing down now, Black Bakery. I don't know if you remember that one. Oh, okay, of, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know that. Uh, Broadway, mm -hmm. uh, Venezuelan one. Um, oh, Mil Jugos. Mil Jugos. Yes. I love Mil Jugos. Yes. The, yes. the owners are yeah. the ones that are in the the cash register, prepping yes. the meals, the yeah. servers. And because of all the challenges that downtown Santana has been facing with the, the streetcar, yeah. they're just frustrated right now because the, the foot traffic is minimized right now. And so yes. I, every time I have guests visiting throughout, you know, the state, if they're like with the California Spanish Chambers of Commerce visiting, I like to welcome them there because it's such a cultural and experience ex experience <laughs> and also the the conversations that you have with the owners and and the passion that they have for producing yes good quality food you know for those that have not been there sit down and ask them how they prep their meat it's, they oh. will give you a fantastic story and, and and it opens up your eyes because they want to produce healthy meals even though you've got a lot of carbs that are served with it but yes. the way that they they take every step of the process to make sure that provide a high quality meal love it and again the conversations that you have there are memorable Yes, so as we speak about Santana and the downtown area, I can't help but say what an amazing and beautiful school you have. Um, share with us, I know there's a beautiful mural that recently we were part of as far as uh, the ribbon cutting, right? Share with everybody listening just about the school itself. What is it? Um, what do you do every day there? The, the children? Um, let's share with the, the listeners, the viewers, what it's all about there. Because I think it's important that people understand what the Orange County Educational Arts Academy uh, delivers in the community. Sure. So Orange County Educational Arts Academy, or as we know it, OSEA. You know, you've got OSHA right next door. So we're a public charter school that's authorized by Santa Ana Unified School District. We've been on, in operations now for 17 years. Wow. We serve six 600 students from TK through 8th grade in a dual emergence setting. Mm. And so one of the unique things that we're doing is we're celebrating the Spanish-Mexican culture through language, through uh, celebrations throughout the school year, like Dia de los Muertos is another example. So we're uplifting yes. the Mexican culture in our school 
with our 600 students, our parents that are involved. And so for, for me, my, my day-to-day could vary depending on the needs of the students or our staff. The last couple years have been really challenging because of the pandemic. We've had to course correct and, and pivot based on the state and county guidance around health processes and procedures. And so it's added another couple layers of stress to our staff, to our parents, to wow. our students on the day-to-day basis. I think right now we're in a, in a much better place now we're compared to uh, November and January and February. But on my day-to-day, one of my favorite things to do in the morning is arrival duty. So I'm the executive director of the school and typically as an executive director, you're n- not tasked with being at arrival duty as an example. But that's my favorite part of the day because mm. I've got students coming out of cars, walking up to the building, getting dropped off to school. And just to yes. be able to have that meet and greet opportunity with the child and the parents there, even if it's only for 30 seconds, it's so empowering because it reminds me about the hard work, the blood, sweat, and tears that we put into it and yes. our students that are walking up to the building. So that's the first part of the day. Throughout the school day, I'm doing a variety of different things. So I'm tasked really with operations, uh, managing our nutritional services team, our after-school team, our office team, recruiting for students, our marketing of the school, compliance and accountability to the, the, the Santa Ana Unified School District, Orange County Department of Ed, California Department of Education. Wow. Managing is it driven it. by grants? Is that why you, you have all those people there that you have to be you know just reporting to? Or, or so it's publicly funded. Publicly so funded, state okay. and federally funded, just like a traditional school okay. through a public uh, school district. And so it's based on enrollment. And so we are you know tasked with managing a variety of things that a traditional school district has to do, such as a local control and accountability plan. Interesting, okay. We manage a $10 million budget and 96 employees, and so we have to manage their health and welfare benefits and their you know, yes. retirement, CalSTRS and PERS, and managing a budget with increased cost in retirement. So yes. that's what I'm tasked with as the executive director of the school, along with managing our academic program, our principal, et cetera. And so it's it's been a challenge because of the pandemic on top of it and having a custom program such as a dual immersion program that there's not many options that are off the shelf that you can implement with respect to curriculum. Yes. So our teachers are working hard, our, our support staff is working hard, our students are challenged in a dual immersion program because they're learning in two languages throughout the school day. Yes. So just imagine like a traditional school across the country that just has curriculum in English. We're challenging our students with another layer of language on top of that. You speak of curriculum. It's interesting. My background coming out of college was I wanted to be a third grade teacher, and I went into that industry at the beginning. And curriculum is such a challenging every day, every week, every month task, like you said. How do you how do you face those challenges? Like like you said during the pandemic, I mean that that must have been really tough, right? Because because when you're in the arts world, it's so much about feeling, right? Touching and mm-hmm. right the colors, and but yet. You didn't have that. Yeah. Well, a lot of the virtual... Mm-hmm. So we had to scale back our program last school year because majority of our students were online virtually. But we also really challenged ourselves as a staff to figure out what we could offer to our community last year specifically around access to, to us as educators. So we ended up the, the school year last year with three programs running at the same time. Wow. 100% virtual for those that just wanted to stay home. And then we noticed some trends like in October of last year, September, October, where students were not logging into Zoom. Mm. So then we created a program just specifically designed to those students that were invited to be on campus with our support staff that managed and oversaw them while they were learning from their computer 
when the teacher was at home, as an example, as a second program. Yes. And then in like April, we also added our in-person instruction with the teachers. So we asked our teachers to come back on campus and to do direct instruction in person, but with half the class. So we would do A and B uh, structures where two kids were coming on campus twice a week. They would rotate with B group, and then Wednesdays, everybody would be at home virtually in the spirit of trying to rebuild our community back in this pandemic environment. And so we were running three programs when we finished school last May. Wow. I got to say, thank you so much to what you do, uh, what your staff do, because as a parent, Mm -hmm. I think uh, we don't obviously say thank you enough to our educators. I know that's important that we thank you guys, just like we thank our servicemen in the military. I want to pivot a little bit here, and can you share a little bit about that beautiful mural that you have there at your school, and then also what happened in the back area with the the basketball court, the playground, and everything. Can you share with the the listeners what's happened in the last um, you know year and a half? I think that all this kind of happened. Sure. So the like I mentioned, the school's been around for seventeen years now, and so for let's just say fifteen years, we had this seventy five hundred square foot wall with nothing, and being in an urban setting, you know, there's just graffiti that happens on a weekly basis, right? And so when you're trying to cover up graffiti, you start to notice these blotchy squares that are mismatched colors because you're trying to match the color, right? And so it was just this horrible experience, right? And then being that it's just this blank canvas of 7,500 square feet with no windows and people are driving down Broadway down into downtown Santana, which is the county seat for our beautiful Orange County area, right? Nobody really knew what we were all about. And so one of the, the tasks from our community, our, our, our staff and our parents was, can we do something creative on that wall to showcase the work that we're doing behind these closed doors, right? Yes. That people don't know what's going on, right? And so for a couple of years, we were trying to figure out, you know, the, a funding source to make this happen. And so we were working with Brian Peterson, which is a local artist here that um, has an organization called Faces of Santa Ana which is where he started his work and then he ended up doing these faces of Santa Ana in different cities across the country. He is now in Florida and so he's left us here in California unfortunately but he's still doing I got to meet work. a real humble gentleman. Fantastic artist. Yes, fantastic artist. And so yeah, so we were chatting with him for a couple of years while we were trying to find the funding source and like just trying to figure out ways on how to incorporate our students' voice or parents' voice or staff's voice on what kind of a design we wanted. So anyhow, so fast forward to like a year past that conversation, he went um, was in conversations with a, a college friend of his by the name of Ruth, and so she Ruth Prentice, and so she was on a run one day, and and during the last three years, there's been a lot of civil unrest across the country politically and with a lot of the things that are going on. Yes, yes. Uh, as an example, George Floyd, right? And so yes. she's like, what can I do to help our community? with the visual that represents unity. Exactly. And so she's like, I'm willing to fund the mural. Wow. The only ask I have is that you guys incorporate three colors. Yes. Uh, The uh, red, blue, that represent our political parties. And if you mix those colors together, you get purple. Yes. Which is our Osea's brand color. Wow. And so it was meant to be, Such a powerful message there, right? Yeah. So we're like, all right, let's do this. Mm. And so we uh, rolled out a survey to our community, and they wanted to see certain figures represented. We have Frida Kahlo, Martin Luther King, Malala, Mm. Einstein, Cesar Chavez, another one. And so we have these figureheads that represent different things. Uh, whether whether it's civil rights or or or, or engineering, et cetera, right? That yes. are represented on our wall, along with the three colors that I talked about. And for those that have not noticed, there's actually a DNA strand that's built into the design 
to showcase that yes, we have these diverse figureheads and we are diverse in the community, but internally, we all have the same organs and same DNA strands, right? Exactly. Well, not same DNA strands, but like the same components that create a human being, right? Exactly. In the interior. The equality, right? Even though the colors are different on the outside yes. and different ways of thinking, right? So we wanted to showcase that we as humans are, are constructed. That's beautiful, man. That's the same, beautiful. right? Yes. But we have different mindsets and come from different backgrounds, right? And then there's the the famous, you know, you, you put your hands together and you create a corazón. Yes, the heart. And, yes. and in the middle of the heart, you see the, the Santa Ana water tower there featured as well. And so it's just a fantastic piece to showcase that we should be united as a community. Yes, there's challenges and yes, we battle it in the workplace or, or organizationally, but we all want the best for our communities, right? And so I, that's what I gotta that mural tell you, represents. Yes, I got to tell you, when I saw that mural, it really hit home for me, um, being a native of Santana. My dad was a bracero when he came here to this country from, from Jalisco, mm -hmm. and, um, and he told me many stories. So for me to drive by there and see Cesar Chavez, who was part of my dad's, mm -hmm. you know, just when he came to this country and he worked out as a bracero, it really hit home seeing that big photo of mm -hmm. Cesar Chavez there because... I didn't learn about who Cesar Chavez was until I got to college. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our kids, unfortunately, in Santana, sometimes don't make it to that level, right? Yeah. And so they don't get to learn who Cesar Chavez was. So so just the mural itself is just beautiful. If anybody hasn't seen the mural, I we you know invite you to go drive down there. It's on Broadway, right? Broadway and Civic Center. Civic yep, Center. It got voted Best of 2020 by Orange Coast Magazine to see and do. That is, congratulations. Oh, that you. is awesome. And then there's playground that you yep. guys incorporated tell people a little bit about that playground it was beautiful yeah. the way it was put together that was also about a two-year project and so one of our parents flor barajastena brought um, a couple professors from uci andres bustamante as one example to the table to talk about some of the work that they were doing nationally around stem and and beautifying uh place spaces that are educational and also breathtaking to look at right and so again we partnered up with brian peterson did the survey thing again, and basically it's about 10,000 square feet of artwork that was uh, installed over it's the so summer. It's so bright, so vibrant. Yeah. I love it. And there's um, there's also mm. a leader that's represented back there, Silvia Mendes. Yes, that's and right. So her family uh, fought to you know desegregate schools here in Orange County because here in with the Orange County Department of Education, there were schools that were labeled as Mexican schools. And so to be able to to now lead an, a dual immersion program that celebrates the Spanish culture yes. and represent Silva Mendes and the work that their family did to desegregate schools here in California, which was the first step to yes. desegregate the nation with Brown versus Board of Education. That that story of Silva Mendes is, is something I encourage people to Google. Mm -hmm. um, I learned about it when us, the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, went to give an award to the restaurant Morenos, mm. right, which is there in Orange. And the founders of Morenos, the owners, know a lot about this whole story. They were very involved in it. And um, and so the the owner shared that whole story with me and everything that was going on. So it's a very, very interesting story. And it's so beautiful that you guys incorporated that in your school because now people will ask, who is this, mm -hmm. right? What is she about? And, and families and people that come there. Um, I want you to share a little bit about you know, you are one of the founders or the founder, if I'm correct, of the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce Youth Chamber, right? How did that come about? Where where did that come from? How did that, you know, grow? Where did the seed start? start? Sure. So uh, in 2008-9, when I was the unpaid intern. Uh, <laughs> that in the, unpaid intern. <laughs> at the Hispanic Chamber here locally. Uh, and I have to start with thanking Priscilla Lopez, which was the, okay. the then CEO of the Orange County Hispanic Chamber, and Richard Porras, which was right. with AT&T. Both of them were, were brainstorming 
or, or talking about the missed opportunity with uh, bridging the the upcoming uh, leaders through you know local universities that were getting ready to graduate and didn't really have access to the business community such as the Orange County Hispanic Chamber all the members that are already part of the Hispanic Chamber that are doing fantastic work in the county right there was a disconnect there so they wanted to build a bridge yes between the up, upcoming young leaders if you will and the more seasoned as we call them yes and so they were trying to figure out how to do this and then they pulled me into the conversation and little by little we I basically became an evangelist and we built a board of directors from UCI Cal State Fullerton I think we had some from Santa Ana College and there was about six or seven of us and we just sat at a table and we're brainstorming what are we going to call we're going to call it the junior chamber. We came up with the mission statement, the logo, the the, the program, right? Because awesome. it comes with a series of roundtables, right? Flash forward 13 years later, um, this organization under the foundation here uh, with the Hispanic Chamber has given over $100,000 of scholarship money away. Mm-hmm. You know, that's one piece. But the access to the leaders, the access to the California Hispanic Chambers of Commerce CAPS program, which is another leadership program for students, it's like a boot camp. Yes. And so there's just so much amazing work that has come out well, of that. Well, you developed a program that I think is a great mentorship program, right? Uh, aside from just having people around there, uh, hopefully these young uh, youth chamber leaders, I've, I've had the ch- privilege to meet many of them. And, you know, thank you for, for creating that, for developing that, because I think it's created a platform for them. Like you said, what your vision was then is definitely being rolled out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I know we only have a few minutes here. Mike, what would you like your listeners uh, to know, you know, as far as how you can be Mr. Mike Limon one day running a school, you know, what is the advice you would give a lot of the young listeners listening out there, whether it's youth chamber listeners, whether it's our members, whether some of your students at your school that may watch this video or listen to this podcast, you know, what makes Mike Limon who he is? I guess two things. Um, just this week, I was talking to a couple uh, colleagues at the school about my approach to leading, and that is with a smile on my face, regardless of all the problems that come up, because it doesn't matter what organization private or public nonprofit whatever you work at you're always going to be faced with challenges because you're working with people and working with people is challenging because we all have different ways of thinking and communicating right so regardless of the issues i just put a smile on my face and keep marching forward and the other thing is uh, working on your problem solving skills i recommend that day one because that has gotten me to where i'm at today challenges opportunities have been given to me and i take them with a smile and i problem solve the heck out of them and i just keep marching forward well, Mike, we want to thank you for being such a great community leader, being part of our Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, of course. Thank you for all you do for the, the children and the community. Uh, you're a true hero in our community. Again, folks, we're with Mike Limon. We want to thank him. He's the executive director at the Orange County Educational Arts Academy. He's also the Southern Region Chair for the California Hispanic Chambers, the founder of, of our youth chamber. We'll have him back one day and talk more about the, the California Hispanic Chamber. I know there's a lot going on there, but uh, the show... Uh, it's coming to an end, and I just want to make sure we, we let our listeners know that uh, our Australia Awards is coming up May 7th. Uh, you can get more information about that at our website at ochcc.org. We also have a job board that we've developed at our website for you to be able to find a job for any of your uh, students, people in the community that are looking for a job. You can go on our ochcc.org website, and you can also go on our, um, found, uh, our foundation really website for the chamber, which is, um, of course, our OCHCC. CHCC Instagram uh, that has all of our information there. So folks, let's thank our special guest, Mr. Mike Limon. Thank you for joining us. Again, 
our community podcast show is uh, is all about our community and we want to thank everybody for listening where our community is your community thank you mike have a blessed day gracias well there you have it one more reason to tune in each and every week to meet our community powered by the hispanic business community here in orange county as represented by the orange county hispanic chamber of commerce and orange county's only community radio station oc talk radio streaming live from our studios here at the university of california irvine's beale applied innovation center invite you to join us each and every week as we celebrate and explore the richness of this thriving community and the real stories of the real people who make it really special. Thanks for tuning in because our community is your community. <laughs>